Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Yeah, three, two, one, go. You got this? You do the intro? Let me do it. Yeah, I got the intro. What's up, peoples? Welcome to the Hit Factor Podcast. We have the... One and only French fry, tater tot, curly fries. Do you like curly fries or French fries or sweet potato fries or onion rings better? That's not even a choice. I like them all. Oh, yeah. There you go. Just all of them. All of them. Depending on mood, like sweet potato fries with spicy mayo, that could be perfect. At some other point in my life. Wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Mayo on your sweet potato fries? Spicy mayo. Spicy mayo, yeah. Habanero mayo? Absolutely. Or chipotle mayo on sweet potato fries? That's amazing. Mm. I mean, you can call it an aioli if you want to be fancy, but just an emulsion with with a little bit of zest. Mm. It's a good choice. Look at that. Busting out the words like emulsion early tonight. Mm. I personally prefer the... uh... The brown sugar and cinnamon on the sweet potato fries. Of course you do. Hey, I I wouldn't discriminate against that either. Uh, That that is our one and only Jeff Cawthon from Ada, Oklahoma, and myself, Jeremy Reed. I prefer just plain sweet potato fries with ketchup is is the way to go with with sweet potato fries. And if I had to pick another one, it'd probably be, oh yeah, ketchup on sweet potato fries. Yeah, you gotta go that. It's just like on French fries, you gotta put ketchup on it, right? Like this is where you gotta go. Okay. I mean, I get the ketchup on regular fries, sweet potato fries. There's just so many more options. That go yeah, I, I, fries. I wouldn't waste sweet potato fries with ketchup. That's just me. Oh. Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. That's not a not a bad choice either. Barbecue sauce with sweet potato fries. That could be I, good. What? No. What? Yeah, that would go. That would go. Sweet Baby Ray's. That's that's pretty good stuff. Pretty good. Mm. Just it's already. It but Sweet Baby Ray's is super sweet sauce, oh, yeah. and and sweet potatoes are already sweet. Like you don't need the extra. Oh, yeah. You don't need to add the sweetness. Sweet on sweet. You the best don't. way to go. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so we were talking right before we started recording. Ipsic Nationals are coming up. We're all trying to get geared up. Uh, I still got to load match ammo, which means I got to mm-hmm. change my press over to nine, which I really need to get that done. But Jeff said Ipsic is an experimental match for you. Why? Do you want to go straight? Wait, do you want to go straight into Ipsic? Is that what we're talking about first? Yeah, we're here. Okay. All right. Why is it experimental? Uh, well, the first thing that's experimental is I'm just going to wear different glasses, which uh, we trained all all day Saturday and I was wearing different glasses. But I don't know. I just I haven't like shot seriously with any glasses other than the 
the Hunter's HD Golds since the beginning of 2021. I picked them off a prize table at the end of 2020. So I just wanted to try going back to the glasses that I shot all the way, like the first half of my shooting career, which is $4 safety glasses. They're like the Nemesis safety glasses. Everybody knows them. Um, anyway, I love those glasses, and they're super cheap, so I buy, like, boxes of them. And then if they get scratched, I just throw them away and grab another pair. Um, so, I'm going to go back to those, and kind of the theory is, it's probably pretty bad, but it's still a theory, um, that the, the hunters are just too crisp, and they give me too much information. And so, my eyes kind of dance around a bit more, and they get really distracted by fiber optics, like I'm like eyes are just like super drawn into the gun so anyway it's an experiment i'm gonna try shooting with the old safety glasses it kind of kind of dulls things a little bit more and uh yeah we're just gonna see what it's like i'll probably try shooting those maybe all next year so wait that's your the experiment thing. your experiment was just what glasses you're gonna wear that's the first that makes one, something yeah. an experimental match Huh? Well, yeah, kind of. I'm also probably going to be shooting a different uh, a different sight since I broke my rear sight at Jeremy's house Saturday. So the one that I'm going to put back on is not like a wide blade rear. It's like the the real narrow one. Anyway, I've never shot with one of those, so I'm going to throw one of those on and I'm going to shoot with that too. Why didn't you just get the one that you have? Because it's another one of those things. It's like in my mind, I want to try it because I feel like on some of like the harder shots, it's covering up too much of what's out there. So I want to try the different sight blade, the rear blade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something I've never tried and I want to try it. So that's, that's kind of what I mean by experimentals. Like normally that's before if you a big can match, get it fit to the gun. Yeah, well, I mean, one way or the other, it's going in there, you know, fit or not, it's going in. However, <laughs> um, yeah, so experimental in that I'm just going to be trying a couple different things. Normally, I don't do that. Like before a major, I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to change load. I'm not going to change holster position, nothing. But I don't know. I'm just kind of feeling the crazy hair, this match. So crazy. I just, dude, it's crazy for me. I don't change things. Anyway, that's it. It's not super I, exciting. I, I think I think changing things can really help draw your attention to a different part of your shooting. So that makes sense. I've got a buddy who has changed uh, red dots a couple of times towards mm -hmm. smaller, like less useful red dots, because yep. that artificial constraint helps him pay attention to the targets better. And then yeah, he stops so, watching the dot, which is, this is also you know, a, kind of a strange. Yeah, it's also kind of a phenomenon in in shooting that I've experienced and I've talked to other people about experiencing it. Like, Kind of like when it comes to grip modules or anything like that, you'll, you'll shoot one for a long time and you'll be like, oh yeah, this is the one. This is what I can shoot good. And then you'll switch 
and you'll be like, no, this is the one. And then you'll shoot that for a long time. And then you pick up the other the old one again. And you're like, why the hell did I switch? This is the one. Uh, so it's kind of like that with shooting, t- like a lot of things. Like if you just change something, like your brain's telling you it's better for some reason. Like change your fiber optic and you put it in. You're like, oh, yeah, this is better. Um, yeah, so it's probably one of those things. It's just like. It's almost like your brain can't differentiate between like different and better. It's just, yeah. Yeah, let me drop a ninety blade on there. Oh yeah, this is way better. I'm, you know, I have much better sort of attention. You know what? I need the one twenty five blade. Let me go back to a one twenty five blade. Let's see what happens there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's been my take on it. I feel like your take is. Uh, changes don't actually matter, so I'm going to experiment with changes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. Or that sometimes the, the changes aren't what drive um, the things that matter, but changing something helps you sort of focus on whatever it is you want to matter. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just a it's just a new sensation, it's new textile feel, so it, it feels it feels good because mm-hmm. it feels different, and so like you like you go pick up somebody else's gun, right? And it's like, oh, I like how you have this gun set up. I I, I would want to shoot this. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what's because like if I pick up a gun with a a straight like a flat mainspring housing, it's like it. I'm like, ooh, this kind of feels good. Well, because um, it's better, but yes. But then I then I go back to, you know, what's pure, and and that feels good. So I don't know, man. I'm just gonna try some different stuff at this match, and I'll probably shoot really good because I'll be shooting a little bit carefree. Is that that the extent of your experiments? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I thought there was going to be a little more meat on that bone, um, but but Jeff's experimenting at Nationals. He's going crazy. He's, he's going to wear different socks this yes. time. It's it's all in the socks. Yes, that's gonna <laughs> he's gonna go nuts. Um, all right, so we do have Ipsig Nationals coming up. We're all trying to gear up for that. Potatoes kind of potatoes sounds like it's not really a huge match on his radar. But it's opportunity to shoot against the production production optics field is deep at this match. So it's a great opportunity to go shoot against those guys. Sounds like mm-hmm. um, Jeff and I are training hard, trying to trying to do well, want to do well at this one. You, you want to give yourself the right of refusal for going to South Africa in 2025. Yes, yes. Yeah. for sure. Yeah, and there's, That's a great goal. there's not a ton of uh, single stack heat or classic heat out of this match. So, I mean, potentially one of us could walk away with a Ipsic national title, if that means anything. I mean, uh, it it's a possibility. Cool. It's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd love to win it. Um, but that gets me so far away from what I've been trying to focus on for the whole year that uh, the fact that winning wow. it's a is a possibility is I gotta I gotta stay away from that. That's from that, a really uh, productive distraction. Drug. Like having that thought 
and then not letting that shape your behavior. Like that's crazy growth for you. Uh, we're trying. We'll He's see. He's growing up, potato. He's growing up. I'm trying to. I'm gonna be a real boy. One of these days, <laughs> I'm gonna be a real boy. So, were you hoping that I wouldn't bring that up? That like, no. oh, we could win. Oh no, no. no. I, don't, I mean, I no. I'd already. I had thought of that, um, but I felt. But I also felt myself starting to think more like that. Like, oh, I need to. I need to win. I need to win. I want to win. Yeah. Uh, it's like no. I just. I just want to keep shooting better. Don't want to win. Uh, I I want to win. I just, but I my main focus is that I just want to shoot better than I have shot in recent mm-hmm. memory. So, are you still shooting minor? Yes. You are. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know that that's the right play. I, I think I think major. This is a question we've got uh, for for the pause. We we can answer that I guess from Mister Tyler Turner. Um, but I'm not sure that may, that minor is the right play for this match. Seeing the matchbook, which you know, it's always hard to tell based off of a matchbook. But most of the short courses at this match are 12 rounds. Mm-hmm. So short short courses for Ipswich are supposed to be eight to 12 rounds. So you kind of hope some of them are in that 10 or less, and then minor would give you will give you some advantage on those. Is what you're kind of hoping. That in that's not the case, and even the medium courses are often in like the twenty-two round stage. So again, same same type of deal. You kind of not quite getting that that ten round advantage of of having less gun manipulation to do. So, you know, looking at the looking at the stage is just a matchbook. I think major may be better, but uh, I want to mm-hmm. shoot minor. So I'm I've wanted to shoot minor at this match all year. So I'm just I'm doing that. It's easier to travel with, with minor ammo. And, and it's also just a challenge. Like, Hey, I've been pretty sloppy this year with points. If I want to be competitive, I've got to shoot the middle of the target a lot better. So minor Mm -hmm. will force me to do that. Yeah. Why do you want, you just wanted to shoot minor because it's more convenient. Uh, well, it's different. So there's that, I mean, if shoot, I shoot a lot of single stack majors, so it's different. It's fun, like it's mm-hmm. like a, a single stack in nine millimeters, just fun to shoot and fun to train with. So, yeah, like it, it's like it's like single stack major is more challenging. Like there's there's more like you have less rounds and more recoil, right? There's just there's just a bigger challenge with that, and I I very much enjoy that. At the same time, single stack minor, you tend to have more more rounds in the gun, more makeups, uh, and the gun doesn't recoil a whole lot, and that's just fun. Like, yeah. but you still got to do stuff right. So hmm. that's kind of that's really honestly as far as my thought process goes. And I rebuilt my minor gun, and I really like it. So I want to shoot it in a match. <laughs> so there's that too. I want to I want to train with it, and if I'm going to train with it, I want to shoot it in a match. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think last this time I checked, you... I was the only one signed up in major at this match. Uh, you, you tend to see a lot more minor in Ipsic, yeah. which is not like I mean, like like if you look at like international matches and stuff like that, you see a lot more people shooting minor in Ipsic. 
I don't know if that's a conscious decision, like that they're choosing that over major. I think a lot of people are in a position that they can get nine millimeter or are it's legal for them to shoot nine millimeter. I think there's places where you can't shoot something besides you can't shoot 40 or 45. Um, really? I, I don't know. I don't know all of like all of the country's rules, but I, there are some that that is the case. Miners kind of nine millimeters kind of the only way. And then I think it's, it's kind of like everybody sees people shooting minor. So they just think, well, we shoot, we just shoot minor in this. Right. So it almost just becomes the norm. Whereas in the U S major is what most people shoot in single stack. So it just, that just becomes the norm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, there's probably some legitimacy to shooting minor at a lot of matches, but people just, when they shoot single stack, they shoot major. Yeah. I mean, generally the production shooters always like the top production shooters beat the top single stack shooters. So, I mean, you, you wonder if that is because they're shooting minor or because they're better. Like it's always a question. Yeah. Yeah, for probably sure. Because they're better. <laughs> I mean, better. if Nils is showing up shooting production, yeah, it's probably because he's better. Is why he's why he's right. winning. Right. Uh, if it's Tyler, it's just because he's shooting minor, though. Exactly. If if Tyler's showing up and he's beating the single stack guy shooting major and he's shooting minor in production, yeah, yeah, yeah it's sure. just because he was minor. This is well before my time, but didn't historically the Passa and successor matches, they really did a lot of six round positions and really sort of made it major friendly. And that was kind of the core of the sort of single stack meta. Correct. Yeah. There was like shooting minor and Passa was an absolute loser. Like there was no, you would, you would find zero advantage except for maybe the all steel stage. Other than that, like there was, you were at a disadvantage on virtually every other stage. Hmm. And, and even on steel, it's it's nice to have the wiggle room of less great hits from major. Right. Well, I mean, Jeff and I shot an all steel stage this weekend. And minor was definitely the way to go, apparently. That was the difference between your guys' times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great segue. I don't think Jeff even remembers. Like, he's not even reacting. I'm getting nothing out of Jeff from that. Well, I mean, we shot the stage one time, and I shot it like an asshole. So, (laughs) I'm not totally sure I agree, but whatever. (coughs) I was, uh, yeah. I was hoping to get more out of Jeff than that, but yeah. I mean, okay, I'll so you, I'll let you have your moment in the sun. You, you go ahead, go ahead. It was, it was, it was not meant to really be a moment. It was really just to, to be funny. Um, but Jeff was here this weekend. He made the long strip from Ada, Oklahoma to Canyon, yeah. Texas. And yeah, let, uh, me, let me uh, hold on. Let me tell you all about this opportunity. I didn't even know this was a thing, um, but. Uh, I found this opportunity, so grabbed up the kiddo, and we went to this place. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually hosted by Mr. Reed. It's like the it's the Reed Resort Getaway. <laughs> so you show up, 
and they cook all the food. They feed you. They they schedule your itinerary. They take your kids and they take them off and play with them. While while you're chauffeured to the range, the targets are set up for you. You shoot all day long, and you go back to the the lodge, and lunch is provided. They just cook lunch for you. Then you go shoot again, and then you come back, hang out, chill. They take you back to the range. You get to shoot so much, and they they provide you a place to stay, lodging, transportation, um, mental stimulation. It was incredible. Ten out of ten. What'd you get fed to close out the? What'd you get fed to close out the 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 experience? Steaks. Yeah, like you shoot all day. Yeah, and then like, oh yeah, yeah. your yeah, host is just slaving. Uh, yeah. Not only that, meal. not only that, free gunsmithing is provided. That yeah, that was on the that was also on the docket. Show up, fix all your shit while you're there. Also shoot and uh, bourbon testing. So this place is incredible. Uh, <laughs> highly recommended. Read pistolsmithing.com. Send an email. Book your trip. Soon, lots of openings. Is this, is this, every is this like a timeshare? Can we all get in on it? <laughs> yeah, anytime, anytime. Just show up. Just show up. It'll be great. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. I'll go back most likely if I can. How scared it. would you be if I actually did show up? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be that scared. I, I don't know if you could find my place. I think I could find it. I, I've got an end. I know a past guest. I don't know if he could find it again. <laughs> it's probably still saved in his phone. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, we'll make it there. Oh, so yeah. yeah so Jeff did come visit for the weekend. He got here on the evening on Friday. Got some pizza. Mm-hmm. Got the kids together. We so we're we're in the unique we're in the the unique situation where both of our kids, our our oldest kids, are young enough. Well, my youngest too, but they're young enough that they still run around naked all the time, mm-hmm. like in their house and stuff. But then they're also like starting to get school school age, and he has his his kid is a girl, his daughter, and then my oldest <laughs> is a boy. And so then we're like, it's like bath time. We need to we need to put these kids in the bath. And they're both like, we want to, yeah, let's take a bath together. And we're like, wait, is this okay? Like, when does this become not okay? I don't know. Yeah. It is definitely an interesting. Second grade. Second grade? Okay. Well. That's when it's not okay? That's when you got to start thinking more about it. I think you're good for second grade. Well, well, we also. Your voice would have been nice to have there because <laughs> these were both our oldest kids we're like dude i don't know i don't i don't know <laughs> well and then as soon as as soon as declan took a shirt off thea's like nipples he's showing his nipples <laughs> it's like okay so we let thea take a bath with my with my daughter my youngest and that was that was fine poor declan he was so sad in the bathtub alone he's it's forgotten yeah, literally, he just sat there. He's he's forgotten. We got to get off this real quick, but he's forgotten that he used to just take baths by himself, and so he's used to like mm. having a friend in there, like somebody to play with and pick on. Uh, and so this time, yeah, he just sat there. He was just so 
so dejected he had to do it by himself. <laughs> and then, yeah, they stayed up forever chatting and playing together. Oh, yeah. So it was great. It was fun. Uh, yeah. And then I gave Jeff some really good bourbon Friday mm. night, like really good bourbon. It did. Do so you, Friday do you night. remember what I gave you? Uh, it was, it was a wild turkey, something special, right? It was wild turkey. You got the distillery, correct? That's good. Yeah. It was like, uh, a maker's blend or something like that. This was wild turkey masters keep. That's what I meant. One. Wild Turkey Masters Keep one. They do a, a single release of that every year, and it's always different every year as far as how they construct the bourbon. And this is one, like one of the best ones I have, and I gave it to him. And Jeff loved it. It tastes like butterscotch, man. Oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. And then the next you, night, I gave yeah. Jeff a different experience. Mm-hmm. I busted out the Jack Daniels Coy Hill, which was their special release two years ago, two or three years ago. I think it was two years ago was their special yeah. release. And it comes in, the one is at 101 proof. This one comes in at a 139.1 proof. And uh, I believe Jeff's comment was, it's good, but why does it hurt? Yeah, it hurt. I was having to work for it. He had to work. But I will for it. tell you, like coming home and just having my, um, what is this that I'm drinking? I can't remember what it's called now, but it's like a little over a hundred proof, and it's just like it's just a nice little drink. Even like two days later from drinking <laughs> that, dude, this is just like this is pleasant. That Kentucky yeah. hug's still going two days later. It was. For sure, dude. Like, not even joking. <laughs> it really tamed this. Oh, that's great. Yeah, um, that's good. So, I do appreciate the the tastings. That was that was nice. Uh, we started to answer AccuGlock's uh, question, uh, uh, Tyler Turner's question about he asked a question about nationals, this last Iron Sight nationals, and would we choose to shoot major again versus minor, and then. Why do you choose shooting major or minor? I kind of already answered the why I choose major or minor. I just kind of pick matches during the year that I want to shoot minor at, and I just commit to shooting minor at them because it's a different challenge. Uh, Jeff hmm. only shoots major. I only much. have major. I only have major guns, so it's. I mean, you technically have a Rock Island in minor, but it has a dot on it, so it's not. Oh, so it's an open gun now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to answer the question at this year's nationals, I would have still chosen major. The hit factors were so low that the time, like extra time didn't matter nearly as much as points down did when you're talking four, four hit factors and lower, uh, the points down is just too much to overcome. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be a super high hit factor match, then I think minor probably starts to be much, much more relevant when the hit factors are higher, uh, time becomes more important at that point. Yeah. I mean, it, I always kind of think it's a wash, honestly, like almost every single time I think it's a wash. Um, yeah. I just have major guns like the production shooters beat the top single stack shooters. 
but one of the very top, like so a guy that got second in single stack. I mean, he was shooting minor. Um, so I really think it's a wash. But I have major guns, so I shoot major. Yeah. If I had minor guns, I would probably just switch willy nilly. <laughs> like I would just, I would just choose a match. And be like, yeah, I'm shooting minor here. It wouldn't be like match based, most likely, because I, yeah, I'm pretty much convinced it's a wash. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll bring you a minor gun with really fat grips for Western states. That's fine. And that'll I'll be new and interesting. Grips. It'll be experimental for you. I'll just yeah. put skinny grips back on it. <laughs> okay, Not so stripped grip pushing too won't. Uh, right. <laughs> That'd be a little harder. A little bit harder. Uh okay, so yeah, Jeff was here. He came. And and we shot together all day Saturday. I don't know how many rounds we shot. Not as many as I thought we would shoot, but we shot quite a few. Uh, Enough that Jeff's guns were dirty enough going in, and then we shot enough more rounds that one of his guns locked up. And so we just switched to another gun. We got up early the next morning before he had to leave, and I start to fix it. And I said, well, I'm going to clean it before I fix it. (laughs) And apparently just cleaning it was fixing it. And... (laughs) It was all all good at that point. So clean your guns every once in a while. Jeff got a free gun cleaning. That should be as dirty as it was, about a $200 bill probably. I think it was the tight group, honestly. Like the tight group's just so much more sooty than everything else. Like my guns, like I do not clean them very often. I know it's hard to believe, but like, and I've never had one lock up like that. And then I loaded all that practice ammo up with tight group, which I haven't used in years. And the gun locks up. So I can blame it on tight group. That is the new variable. So there you go. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Um, Man, people have a lot of questions about your guys training together. So hit those. Yeah. Let's get into it. Get into it. Okay. Uh, Jeff, what – like? I'm curious what your impressions were. Like the can range setup, back? all that. Oh, can we roll him back even before there? Can we say sure. when he's driving out there, what was he hoping mm-hmm. to get? Oh, yeah, good question. Because yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Hoping to get. Um, I don't think there was anything in particular, honestly. Like I've trained with with people in the past, and it's always just – like the the biggest takeaway for me from training with somebody of close to the same level is that you have someone to push you and and then you can just do it over and over. Yeah, you can go shoot a match, but then you have the match pressure and you have a lot of different things going on mentally. So when you're just like showing up to practice and you can really like study each other's shooting and you can come up with scenarios that are challenging that neither of you can complete and it's just about pushing and getting excited and going hard. Uh, that's, that's what I was hoping to, to get this weekend, this last weekend. And that's what I got. That's what I wanted. So yeah, I mean, that's all I was thinking about was just having someone to, to bounce ideas off and watch shoot and challenge. Jeremy, what about you, Jeremy? What were you hoping uh, I just got a call. I got a I got a text like Thursday. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. 
uh, can I drop my kid off and, and use your range? I mean, I guess like, let's do it. So I didn't, I was just, I was just busy trying to get the house clean, like get food prepped. Like I just had to host this guy. And so I, I didn't have time to think about, about what, yeah, also, what we going to do. Yeah. Also I showed up and we <laughs> like that morning we went into the shop Saturday morning and, uh, what was it that you were looking at? For me first is it uh oh dude i can't even remember oh yeah you were looking at something oh my god and i was like oh you got an ipsic box and he's like oh yeah i got an ipsic box and i was like oh you got a chrono <laughs> just like... this is what like, this is was, this is where the was... truth comes out this is why yeah. jeff came he doesn't he doesn't have a working chrono and he doesn't want to buy an ipsic box so he's like I'll drive five and a half hours to Canyon, Texas and borrow my buddy's Ipsic box and borrow his lab radar so that I don't have to buy that sort of thing. That is what, that is the real truth of why Jeff came. Cause he didn't know if his equipment was legal for Ipsic. And, and they'll watch his daughter and feed him. Yes. Yeah. It was I'm a banger of a weekend for Jeff. Yeah. 10 out of 10 stars. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about the uh, the chrono and the box and all that. Um, yes, I feel used. Uh, no, I was hoping to uh, like I was hoping to get some insights into how Jeff trains, get some like seek some secrets on that. Um, but again, I just kind of got used because Jeff just stole all of my secrets and he gave me nothing as far as how he trains. <laughs> He didn't like, I was like, Hey, you want to set up a deal as if you're going to train? It's like, no, we'll just do your stuff. We'll just do your stuff. So it was a, it was very much a one-sided thing, which is shocker to everybody. I know. Could you see his approach being different to yours, even within a scenario that you defined? Uh, okay. Yeah. So the, I, to me, like the, the, the most interesting part, which is, I think it's, it probably plays into why Jeff shoots well at matches but Jeff had an inability to push himself to failure. Like he, like he, he, his body, like, like if he doesn't see like a good sight picture, like he can't make himself go with a sloppy sight picture. Like we, like, so we posted video on the discord of a little, a really simple, it was a setup drill on a, on a pretty tough lean. And like, he could not go faster. Like he could not, I was like, dude, just, just shoot this. Like, like just shoot this move at target on the move running basically. And he could not do it. Like it, like his body just would not let him do it. I don't, I don't know what was going on. And I, I thought he was shooting it pretty fast and I just, I step up and run it once and I'm three quarters of a second faster on a five second drill, like first time. And he's run it like 20 times. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what you're doing, but you go faster. Uh, and there was lots of, there were lots of stuff like that. Where, where I was very willing to just go past the point of failure just to go faster. And Jeff, Jeff wouldn't like he, 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 like his body wouldn't let him go, like go to failure like that, which is, it was Can interesting. Can you do that by yourself, Jeff? If it's just you, two targets and a piece of steel and nobody's watching. I can go to failure, right? Like I miss all the time What I don't see the value in is pulling the trigger when I have no idea where the sights are. Like, I'm just going to throw my gun up there and slap the trigger. Like, I have no idea where those bullets are going. So I have to see 
something to pull the trigger. If I don't see it, I'm not pulling the trigger. I mean, that's that's why I can't go faster. See, I have no problem. Like, my body has no problem. Like, I'm supposed to be shooting now. I'm going to be shooting now, whether I see anything or not. My body very much has no problem doing that. Now, see, Jeremy, you saw me do it on that short five-second drill, right? You mm-hmm. saw me give up, like, just quit the drill multiple times right in the middle of it. And that yeah. is because I went to push, and I went, and I pulled the trigger, and I had no idea what the sights were when I broke that shot. And I was like, what's the point in finishing this drill? I have, I have no idea where that shot went. And so I would just stop and start over. But the what the point is is that you can see at that faster speed. You just weren't. Like that's no. that's the that's the point of it is you're capable of doing it. Sometimes you have to be in that failure mode because sometimes it takes a few times in that total failure mode to figure out, oh, I can see this fast. I wasn't seeing this fast, but I actually can if I'll live here for a little bit longer. And I couldn't I'm get Jeff at- to do that. I'm looking at the target and I, I don't have my sights where I want them and I'm pressing the trigger. I'm looking at the target and pressing the trigger. I'm looking at the target and pressing the trigger. Oh wait, I know where that one went. Right? right. Like you keep you keep doing that and then it's not that you see faster, it's you just sort of learn to differentiate the available information better. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, I yeah. don't I don't know, dude. I just I see it a little different. Like I understand like pushing to a speed where I'm not totally sure where each round went. Like, like I can't totally call all the shots cause it's happening too fast or I didn't see quite enough sight picture. Obviously that happens cause I do miss things. But when I pull the gun up and I break the shot and I know for a fact that the gun was just like, it was way out in left field and I broke the shot knowing that. That that frustrates me. That's when I'm like, why? That was just a dumb shot. Like I in high cap, we that. just pull the trigger again. We don't stop. <laughs> right? Yeah, I I could see that. But yeah. Hmm. But you said, Jeremy, you could see how this serves him really well in matches. Well, I mean, like, yeah, because his his body is 100% self-regulating and that, like, when he goes to a match, like, he'll he will stop shooting like he won't shoot until he sees what he what he wants to see, uh, which is which is good. And And this is why when I show up to a match unpracticed and I shoot and the scores look okay, like my my usually my shooting's not any worse if I'm unpracticed, it's just a lot slower. And so people will see those scores and they'll be like, what the hell happened to Jeff? Like he can't, he can't shoot fast anymore. But that's, that's me unpracticed. I shoot the same stuff. I just do it a lot slower. Yeah. So when Jeremy's trying to get you to, to push that speed or to sort of break your internal rules for when you can press the trigger. Yeah. How hard is that for you to do? I know you say you don't see the point in it. You're just not willing to try. Yeah. No, I did Pretty it. Pretty much. I did it. I did it. Okay. Like 
Okay, we had we probably shot like seven hundred rounds. I think he did it maybe twenty of those rounds. Yeah, there there was a, a few runs where Jeremy would be like, he was like, uh, you know, it was like an eight or nine second run, and I would like shoot it pretty good with a couple of misses. Like this was my pushing it run. I would shoot it pretty good with a couple of misses, and it would be like a low eight or something. And he'd be like, "You got to run it in seven thirty. It's got to be in the sevens." And I'd be like, "Okay, fuck it." And so then I'd go and I'd run it and I'd shoot it in the sevens, and it would just be bonkers. It's like, what? Why? <laughs> well, because because you did have at least so okay. So what Jeff's talking about? We were doing uh, my steel exercise that I, I've talked about a couple of weeks ago and talked about on the Discord. So set up a small steel array that is uh, like five to seven rounds usually. It's not usually not any more than that. Five to seven rounds. Sometimes you're doubling a piece of steel like a plate. Sometimes we'll double a plate. Sometimes it's one shot. Anyway, so the, the, the drill is is that you you shoot first at a pace that you cannot miss. Now, Jeff found out that that's actually really, really freaking hard. Yeah. Uh, like to, to set to set a parameter I cannot miss is actually makes it a whole lot sh- harder than just shoot. Uh, to say like there's a like it, there was a learning curve for Jeff just in that in that part of it, uh, which I'm yeah. curious what he thought about that whole, this whole drill. But anyway, so you you do that and then you go faster. Just to, you just try to let's say it was an eight second run. Okay, try to just be a little bit like. A, seven second run or seven and a quarter seconds and then you come back your next one then after that is at your baseline it's at the don't miss and you slowly like each run successive run you try to go faster but you always every other run you're always coming back to your baseline to your not miss so that you know that you're always practicing good fundamentals uh good sight patience good trigger patience all of that um but you eventually end up in a pace where like to get faster you're going to have to push way past beyond what's what's uh, capable or certainly what is at least comfortable or what you're going to have do well in a match, right? Like it's not smart to shoot like that in a match. Um, yeah. But the, yeah. the interesting thing is, is Jeff's, Jeff's talking about that. And Jeff, if you remember, we did one drill that was like a designated target type drill, right? Yeah. And so we're doing that and we have our slow pace run. Uh, and then, and then we're going, we're ripping our fast ones. And I did a couple of, on that fast pace. And yeah, the first one I did, like, I don't, I think I hit one piece of steel out of seven, the very next run, I think I hit all of them or like six out of seven of them and was even faster than the pace where I only hit like one. Mm -hmm. Um, so like they're that the one that where I only hit one, did I see a whole lot? No, I didn't like, like very clearly didn't, but the solution wasn't to go slower. The solution was to stay there a little bit and just see more, like just try to see more. And I did. And I was, I was fairly successful at a very, very, at a much, much, much faster pace. Um, and Jeff actually did do that the couple of times when he, would let go and go faster. He had a couple runs where no, did he hit everything? 100%? No, but he hit the majority of it enough to know that, okay, he's seeing something and he's connecting, uh, at a much, much faster pace than what would be comfortable for him to shoot at. 
Yeah. So what I did you think like, about that, Jeff? I feel like I can push to like I can push to a level to where I'm I'm missing. And and I'm missing because of the speed I'm shooting, not just because of poor fundamentals. Because I also did that plenty of times doing this this drill that this stuff that Jeremy has been doing, where he goes to like a baseline and then he pushes up, right? Oftentimes, just trying to get a clean base run was the challenge. <laughs> um, but I felt like I I'm still able to to push the the speed up to failure just fine. But I don't feel like that speed is always the same as as Jeremy's what he pushes it to. Um, like I can I can fail much sooner than Jeremy fails, I think. So so Jeremy has a wider range, which is something you guys have talked about before, right? Like higher highs, lower lows. Mm-hmm. But, but I think there's yeah. more to it than that too, because I think when you're talking about pushing it to failure, and you said the difference was between fundamental like fundamentals breaking down or going so fast that you could miss. It's it's sort of the difference between um, having an error, whether that's, you know, the tension in your hands or you move the gun Mm -hmm. off the target while you're breaking the shot. So the fundamentals of trigger press or sort of a visual error where you weren't looking where you wanted and the sights weren't referencing where you were looking. And I think those are different, right? They could all, be a five second run, but you might turn your seven second run into a five second run by kind of not looking at anything. And I don't think that's what Jeremy's talking about. Right. right. You're not talking about like just sort of squinting your eyes <laughs> and pulling the trigger until the timer says five. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the so way Jeff talks about it, it sounds like that's what you think like the unlocked speed is. You just, you're just pulling the trigger without, I don't know. Right. So like for me that that drill is whenever I whenever I try to push the speed, my fundamentals break down. Like my my fundamentals just just go to crap. Like I'm just I'm just not doing this. I'm not shooting the same whenever I shoot slower, I'm not manipulating the gun the same way whenever I'm just trying to let it all loose and all hang out. So for me that's the go, that's the that's the goal of that that practice, that process is mm-hmm. to try to get me going slow, my fundamentals as perfect as I can get them, those be the exact same fundamentals that I shoot with whenever I'm going as fast as I possibly can, that there's no change in that. That's yeah. the, that's to me, that is the goal in that and trying to do it. Uh, like Jeff, I, I, I said this to Jeff, you know, I, I noticed this in one video that I made of that is that in my slow speed, the, the baseline speed, I had a couple positions set up and I set up like great wide stance, really wide athletic stance, like where I could move in and out of that really well, like exactly kind of what you want to see. If you're going to tell somebody, Hey, stand like this to shoot our sport. That would have been it. Uh, my speed where I was just trying to go as fast as I could, I got to that position and my, my feet were probably a foot narrower, like Mm -hmm. together, like they were way closer together. So it was like, okay, does, is that faster for me to have a narrow stance or is that just, is that a problem that whenever I am trying to go fast that I just kind of forget to set up the right way, the way I need to set up in positions. 
Um, so that's kind of yeah. that's just kind of a, another example of like so, stuff that you end up working on. Like you see where you get you see where you get sloppy whenever you push to failure. You see where mm-hmm. the failure's at. Uh, whereas if you never if you never go to if you're only hitting it if you're only hitting stuff all the time you don't know where your failure's at you don't know where you're where you're screwing up at to when to get faster right well and, and the point of being low and wide is to be faster right to be more stable mm-hmm. so you can shoot sooner you can leave sooner yeah. and so when you try and accelerate I mean I do this all the time I try and go faster and I get high and high and narrow yep and I hit every position high and narrow and then I sort of fall step out of every position. And I do, and I hit the time. It's like, well, how much more time would I have available if I could be low and wide yeah, and still have the same level of aggression? Right. And that's really, really hard. Yeah. But you yeah. have to go to that speed where you make that mistake mm-hmm. to induce that. Yes. If you're If you're really like clean shooting, it's really easy to have great stability and you sort of push off and your lead foot lands where you want it to Yeah. when yeah. you're shooting very disciplined. Yeah, I, I agree. Think, I think, uh, and when it comes to pushing to failure, like that's that's any sport. That's that's almost anything performance based. Like as you're pushing to to increase ability, you're pushing to a fundamental failure, and and then you're trying to bridge that gap and and push that that ceiling. Right. Um, for me, in my head, kind of how I think about it is like I have no problem pushing to failure. And pushing and missing i can do it quite well but i don't see the point in in going like if i can fail just fine and and kind of like work that ceiling at 110 percent, i don't see the point in pushing to 150 percent. if i'm already pushing to failure why why should i push to more failure fail faster fail harder Fail better, yeah, fail bigger, yeah. fail bigger. <laughs> right? I mean, is, this is kind of a philosophical difference in training. Is it? Are you trying to push that ceiling ridiculously high in a way that yeah. gives a lot of space for growth, or are you trying to sort of ratchet up the skill where you sort of get a little bit out of control, discipline catches it up, a little bit out of control, discipline catches it up. Yeah, I just it's feel not like shocking to me, Jeff, pushing, that you like ratcheting things. Well, all right. So if I'm pushing to, so let's say 120, 130%, like it's hard to put numbers on them, but you know, theoretically, say you're, you're pushing to 130%, like the fundamental breakdown is just going to be more. Like you're just, your fundamentals are going to break down even more. Like you're, they're already broken at 110%. So okay, why, so why I agree I with you, but, but what if what if your fundamentals break down? But what if you also unlock a potential that you wouldn't have unlocked at a lower threshold? What? What do you mean? What does that mean? I... So let's say let's say it's entering that position on a a harsh lean. What okay. you, what if you never find out that all that matters is if you can get your eyes and the muzzle to the target? It doesn't matter what your body's doing in space. Right, which is as an intellectual proposition, most people would agree with, but it's really, really hard to make your muzzle in your eyes sort of hit that spot and disregard everything else. And you might find that you can get there with your gun out, throwing yourself into that lean way more aggressively than you ever want to. I, again, I don't know, but the way you'll find out is by doing that. 
yeah, it doesn't make sense to me because I will, I will fail like that exercise and fall out of position and not get my gun on target, pushing it 110%. So why go faster and launch myself outside the fault line, <laughs> pushing to 130%? Like, I don't understand why, if you're already failing, why you would push harder. Well, is everything failing? That's that's where Jeff is. Jeff is black and white. If there's a mistake, it's a to- everything's a failure. So like our like that little the little setup drill that I talked about earlier had a piece of steel in it. So yeah. I wanted Jeff to to shoot at the steel and make the time. If he missed that steel, he stopped. Like it was full on stop. Like he would not. Like he would not. Like he would not make the time. And then I, and I ran it and it's like, dude, you can do this. You can do this three quarters of a second faster than you're doing. Like it's, it's 12% faster that I do. If I did my math, right, it's 12% faster than what you have done in 20 runs. Just do it because like, because it's possible. Cause it's not like I did it and it like, I'm not, I'm not a better shooter than Jeff. Like if I can do it, he can do it. He was simply just unwilling to do it. Okay. Hold on. So that drill, what do yeah. you remember? Like, how did we end that drill? How did it end that we stopped doing that drill? Uh, it was lunchtime. <laughs> it was time I think to, you have a different ending. You have a different ending, don't you, Jeff? No, Jeff. So Jeff ended, he, he ended with the premise that he needed to stand up tall to be able to make that lean easier. Yeah, but my th- premise. That wasn't where, I don't think that was where he was losing the time. And I 100% do. Because I think you were losing the time getting to the lean. You could have been charging forward on that open moving target, and it doesn't really matter. You could shoot it early or late. You could shoot it accelerating towards it, or you could shoot it late, decelerating onto it as you come into the lean. But what you tended to do is you shot it evenly moving from point A to point B. I mean, really, and I only saw one video. I don't know how the other 20 rounds right, went. Right, right. Exactly like that. I'm, Exactly if I wanted like to find, if I wanted to find time for you, not being you, and again, like you can shoot that drill better than me right now. I'm not. That's not what this is about. I, where I would find time is I'd say you need variability between that position where you leave the steel and you enter that. So you either need to shoot it accelerating towards it or shoot it decelerating onto it. But you can't just walk evenly and then set up and get into your lean. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and. I probably tried every one of those things that you just said, trying to match Jeremy's time on that drill. Um, but what we found, or what I thought we found, but Jeremy just says we ate lunch, but was that <laughs> um, I was spending a lot of time, that extra three quarters of a second, it was all in the transition to the steel. I mean, we were basically completing the first three shots of that same amount of time. And then going into the fourth shot, which was the steal, no, the steal I was the always shot. slower. No, it There's was the fourth paper, shot. Oh, fourth paper, shot. Steel. Oh, shit. Well, it was steal. We drew to a steal. Yes. Yeah. You're right. It was fourth yeah. shot. Yeah. Was um, that I was coming up to that line and then breaking my body over, trying to get my head and gun around that wall. And that was taking a lot more time than just coming up tall and leaning in and basically being taller that did you, I was about to say, did you try being a couple inches taller it works yeah. very well for jeremy in that drill 
No, but my my last run on that drill was it was very close to Jeremy's time, like within a tenth or something, and it was the time that I stood up tall and hit that hit that steel. So that was since that was the last run before lunch. My conclusion was, I just need to be taller on on a a wall lean like that. the The goal is transition taller. Like not all of uh, leans are going to be that way, but the way we had that one angled and the target set up, like staying taller in that wall lean transition was way faster than going up, trying to get close, breaking at my hip and leaning over. See, I think he could have been like, he probably like he ended at like four, seven fives. He could have been at the four, two fives by then but he wouldn't listen he's not a good student <laughs> we had to go to lunch man what did you get out of that jeremy i didn't run it very much no yeah but you're still there you're thinking about shooting like i feel oh. like if you're on the range thinking about shooting you're growing as a shooter even if you're not pulling the trigger yeah i mean so like that i mean that drill for me is is trying to figure out how can i how can i cover the most ground and on that on an open target that's that's close and then how can i engage the steel which is the first one on the lean as soon as possible like that's yeah. that's where the time was in that uh and jeff was kind of like jeff wouldn't move hard while shooting that paper uh and then he he was very like it was tough to get him to be ready to shoot as soon as his muzzle cleared the wall so that's where he was that's where he was losing time on that uh, and, and yeah, I think part of it was, be, was because of his body position. He was trying to, sh to stay low and, and the, the fault line was not perpendicular to the wall. It was coming in at an angle. So low doesn't help you in that, in that situation. Tall it puts you does. farther back from the wall. So it's right. harder to reach around. Correct. Uh, so tall actually helps you trying to stand as tall as you can, uh, will, will somewhat help you in that position. Um, but he, like, that was, that was kind of like getting him to move quickly on that steel. Cause the, the paper, I mean the, the paper, I said steel, I meant to say paper, the paper, um, Jeff was wanting to treat it a little bit like a pair. Like he, he wanted, he wanted to kind of transition. It was a hard transition to it. He wanted to transition to it and kind of in mid step, just take two shots real quick and then kind of break his grip and go to the steel. Um, what I was trying to get him to do is like, dude, just move hard and be pointing at it. And whenever you see your sights in the middle of the target, break the shot and just, but, but it's, they're single shots, just be moving hard and then just break it. Cause it's close enough. Uh, if you see your sight, if you can watch your sight, then you'll be fine. Um, so just be done shooting with it before you get to the lean. Right. Right. That's all but it matters. You don't need to like pause on one step and go bop bop. And nope. then add like a level of complexity it's, all that target is is it's a way to get to the lean and so right. all that matters is you're done with it by the time that target in the lean is available right now okay and so here's where i'm going to make my point of like this other steel drill that we've been talking about of shooting like going past what you're comfortable with because yeah we're trying to shoot doubles and pairs on eight inch plates at 15 yards and sub 20 splits on that like that's that's challenge doable but very challenging right but what you're doing is you're learning to aim with unsteady sights. 
you're learning to it. Okay. You're, you're, when you're, you're breakneck speed, you're trying to still see stuff, but you're not letting the sights stabilize on the plate. Right. So you're just, you're trying to see, and you're just trying to see it get to the site and then break it as quick as you possibly can. By training at that failure pace, that translates very much over to what we're talking about on a, a five to 10 yard open target that you're shooting on the move where you're moving aggressively and your sights are very, very unstable. Well, if you're used to shooting with unstable sights, you can have a much better chance of, oh, that's in the middle of the target now. I can pull the trigger now. If the sights are real crazy, now it's in the middle of the target. I can recognize that real quick and I can break a shot. And you can you can shoot things while moving a lot more aggressively uh, and be more successful at that. And, and not just they are in the middle of the target and I'm going to break the shot, but they're going to be, right? Because you right. have the pattern recognition of, you're moving really aggressively and you know, your sights are they're below your point of aim, but you know, they're coming. Right. Because right. you've been working at that pace where you're seeing like pretty wild sight pictures. Yeah. But if you don't do that, if you always wait until you see the sight picture first, then you can only ever, you know, acquire the sight picture and then sort of decide to shoot as opposed to know the sight picture's coming. And especially you were talking about doing like sort of designated target. Well, that's great for, for at least for me, is I start to see the pattern of what I see right before the shot's good. Mm-hmm. As opposed to looking at the target sighting system comes to it and then I shoot. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the other thing that, that I, I think Jeff should, I think Jeff should keep doing, like if I could prescribe something for Jeff, it would be the steel, the steel drill that we were talking about. Like, and, and I would prescribe him to just do it completely as I've told him to do it. Like, don't like, it doesn't have to make sense to you right now. Just do it that way. Um, because like those super high speeds, if, if you set up reasonable steel, like, like if you put a plate at 20 yards, no, you're not going to be able to like, like the guns have to be too, too stable at that distance. You've got to put it at something reasonable. Um, that's doable, but those breakneck speeds are possible. Like your body can, can see that fast. You're, you're, you can aim that fast. You just have to try to make yourself do it. And so, the the whole point of that though is that we don't since we have a baseline that we always go back to we're at least we're at least going back to training the aiming hard so that we're not just we're not just totally getting used to really being sloppy all the time um because guys like me would just go out there and swing away at it and then the time that i do connect declare victory and move on right right and that's Uh, tempting Oh, it's, it's very much, it's, it's very tempting. It's very hard not to do. It takes a lot of discipline not to do that. And so Uh, I think your metronome drill, where you come back to 80 beats per minute, every mm -hmm. other run, and you just, and you're also proving to yourself, Hey, this is a choice I make, right? Like I, I decide sort of where the bullets go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't just sort of pull the trigger and hope it works out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the other, the other reason why like Jeff's, Jeff wants to, like, he wants, like, if we'll use the metronome, if 80 beats is where you can do it perfectly, and then you have a failure at 90, he wants to just go 80, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90, until that's always perfect. And then he wants to go 80, 100, 80, 100, until that's always perfect. Well, 90, 100, 90, 100, 90, 100, because he's made well, 90 perfect now. Well, yeah, he, he definitely kind of wanted to, he, he, 
he didn't get the drill. Like that was, that was a thing. He didn't really get that drill. Um, but like the problem, like we don't have that much ammo. Like, we don't, we don't have the rounds to perfect every single one. Like I, I, I don't dis, I don't totally disagree with Jeff that if we had a thousand rounds to shoot every day, then yeah, we could go 80, 90 until 90 was perfect and and then go to 100 right but at some point like it's like okay the the juice isn't in the perfecting of it the juice is somewhat in the pushing and why am i failing whenever i push because in a match when you need to push you're going to need to know why why would i fail whenever i push right uh i know that jeff can be very successful at 90 percent. i don't need to know i don't I, and I know that he'll have a failure at 90%, but I don't need to know that he's very successful at 90% with an occasional failure. He knows that like that doesn't help him. What he, what he doesn't have is a super high gear where he can go really fast. And, when he, and, when he know, needs to. and know what the, again, this is not relevant to my current shooting, but this is interesting to me, the level of theory, Jeff. So even though we're beating up on you in your presence, but you're taking it like a champ, knowing what the points of failure are. If you're like, hey, I'm going to go and make up 12 match points on this stage. When you mm -hmm. make that decision, where do you fail? Like, is it going to be your trigger press? Is it sort of your vision in transitions? Is it going to be close targets that you disrespect? And I think you sort of learn where your sort of personal weaknesses are, not just where the mechanical breakdowns are, by working way past the point of failure. Because when you sort of set these arbitrary goals and you make them happen, you see just individually where what you choose to disregard. And so how you would get that time is probably not how Jeremy would get that time. But that's really good information to have. Well, and look, Jeff's Jeff's a really good shooter. Like that was that was clearly evident the whole the whole weekend. It's like, dang, he's actually he actually is pretty good at this. Uh, <laughs> much as I hate to say that he actually is pretty good at this. Um, but like, but like he's, if he keeps progressing and keeps doing what he's doing, like he, he can be contending against the big boys to, to win matches, but that like, he's not going to be able to do it. Like he's, he's been beating up on me. Like he's not gonna be able to do it and just, well, Jeremy's going to screw up. So I'll just, I can just I'll outlast him. Right. I'll just, I'll just shoot until he screws up and then he'll screw up. Like, no, like if he's going to want to win the big matches that he wants to win, there's a really good chance he's going to end up in a position where he's one or two stages left and he's down 10 or 15 points and he's got to go past what he's doing. Like the guy, the other guy's not going to screw up. Like the other guy's shooting really well too. And he's going to have to outperform him on that. And take points, not right. just wait for other people to drop them. Right. Uh, and so like, this is, this is a drill that could, I think where he could learn that, okay, I'm last up on the stage and I'm down 10 points. Uh, I've got to send it. And I know that I can fail at this, but losing, I don't, it doesn't matter if I lose 20 points on this stage. If I don't make up 10, I lose. Right. So I have to go for it. Um, so Jeff, are you going to do this? Are you gonna train like this? I mean, maybe some <laughs> variation of it. I mean, I I am not gonna go out and set up, let's say, ten targets 
and shoot it so fast that I don't hit anything. Like, I'm not going to do What it. if you knew where every round went and you knew why you didn't hit them? No, probably not. I had no. very few, but I had very few that, like, and you had very, very few, like, where you didn't hit anything. Right. So but those those ones were, where you were like, all right, it needs to be freaking two seconds faster. And so then I would do that. This was just a couple of times, but then I would do that. I mean, it would be like one or two hits out of like 10, 10 targets. It wasn't 10 because we never went past seven. So have you ever shot a plate rack? And if you've ever shot a plate rack and you've just set an arbitrary time goal, so then you shoot at that time. If you can just be like, okay, I'm shooting in this time. And I've shot a plate rack where I've drawn and I've been just right of the first plate. And then I've been right of every single plate. Mm -hmm. But I watched it all happen, right? To me, that's a success. I said, hit this time. I hit that time. I didn't hit the plates, but I knew what happened. Right. Like, and, and I mean, I was timing the transition, so they were all wrong. Right. Like, I mean, this is not useful for a novel stage in USPSA, but this is useful in the sense of I told my body to do something and it did exactly what I told it to do. And I could see where I where I had an error. And if I had spent five hundredths of a second bringing the sights to the first plate, they all would have gone down. I mean, like I just watched it sort of bounce like, you know, mm. a karaoke ball. In between yeah. each of the plates, it's like, miss, 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 miss. All right, that's six. Uh, but it wasn't like I just dumped six rounds into the berm. Yeah. Like, I I fully intended to hit all of them. I looked where I wanted to hit. I was paying attention to my sights. I just didn't wait to see it before I shot with the goal of r compressing the time that I have to see it to shoot mm -hmm. in the future. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I I see lots of value in pushing to failure. I think, I think that's a huge part of getting better. I just don't see any value in pushing to double failure. It's like, we've already failed. Yeah, triple failure is where, where the secrets are unlocked. Does it come back to well, quadruple failure? Jeff's definition of failure and mine are vastly different. I missed a plate. I had to fire a makeup. This round is over. Right, right. <laughs> It's like, oh, I, I put three in the. But how is that? How is that not failure? How is that not failure, though? Well, because there's a lot of influence of why you missed it, right? Like, okay, like if we're trying to, like if we're trying to make, if we're trying to make a time on something, and it's just, can I get in the position to be able to aim accurately and shoot accurately? Mm -hmm. And and you do that, like you see your side of the hill, and you just. You just yank the you just yank your trigger so hard that you miss. Well, that's not a position. That's not a body position issue. That's not a like. That's just like. Yes, you could call that a failure, but that was a marksmanship issue where it's where you were, but you executed everything else correctly. So it's what so are we failing at? It's, like it's, your perfect run, right? right. When you're doing your perfect run. How many times have you tried to do a perfect run and you watch your trigger press drag the sight off your point of aim? Like, this is, happens to me if I try and shoot a Jeremy-style perfect run. And it's, I did everything. I was in the right position. I hit my mark. I had the right aiming scheme. I aimed appropriately. Like, I had the correct level of sight confirmation. But as I pressed the trigger, you know, my, my right hand dragged the, the gun off target. 
Um, that's not a failure. Like I didn't fail the drill. I failed the task, which was shooting it perfectly. So that's not a perfect run, but that's a very different failure than if I come flying into that position, my body's still moving, my sights sort of swing past the target and I land one where I wanted and the second one's wide. Like there was, they're different yeah. failures. It's not a, it, that's not a, I have to go, I have to go even slower now. Failure. No, I mean, I can't, right? I can't aim any harder. Right. I have to, <laughs> I can't take more time. Time doesn't solve that problem. I have to press the trigger straight. That's what solves right. that problem. Right. But it's so, not a time. Like time's not a factor there. Right. So there's a, there's a defining that you got to somewhat be able to define the failure. Um, and sometimes the failure is just not going fast enough. That's the failure. Sometimes like you just weren't fast enough. Sometimes the failure is, is whether you hit it or not, right? In the in the base base level. Yeah, the only thing that counts is do you hit it. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and I wanted you to convert Jeff, but he's got too much pride. He's, he's, even if it was exactly what he needed, he just can't see past. Can't, he think, wants to do it his way. Yep. I think they're, they're interesting takes. Um, and I mean, I'll definitely be thinking about them. For sure. Like, I can't not think about this conversation when I'm out pushing and trying to get faster. Like, this this will be going through my head. Um, but, like, as of right now, I don't... I don't see a lot of value in it. <laughs> would, you, would you drive five and a half hours again to be fed good food and have your child looked after so and that have, somebody could try and pressure you to go faster and have bad uh, value training i would i would drive five and a half hours just for the training even if i had to pay for everything yeah it was great it was great training we had a great day i mean it was like the weather was fantastic it was really good yeah. And you don't do that volume of focus live fire very frequently, right, Jeff? Uh, no, I mean, it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't a ton more shooting than I have been doing lately. Like Jeremy said, I think we only shot like 700 rounds or something like that. Um, and I've been shooting like 400 round sessions lately, um, but it was just... So that's an hour by yourself. And with somebody else, 700 rounds is four hours. So it's like a lot more time on the range thinking about shooting. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot, a lot different. Um, so it was great. I love, I love training like that. It's always very, very insightful. Isn't it crazy how differently similarly skilled people got there? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's pretty wild. It's like, wow, either one of these guys could win the next match they're contesting, and they really don't do much the same at all. No. Uh, it's, it's, always, it's always interesting, like, if you haven't trained with somebody before, like, mm -hmm. like how, like, everything's going to – because the way I train with other people, like, it can be extremely efficient um, or it can be really slow. It just, just kind of depends. Uh, I could see Jeff's ADD sometimes takes over. And I think that's, I think that's a little bit of his, I think there's a little bit of ADD going on with the whole not wanting to go fast. Like, like he can't think about going faster because I haven't perfected this. Like his mind just goes back to like, what, I had this miss there. I had this miss 20 runs ago. Dead gum, I had to fix that. Uh, so there, I mean, there was wrong. some of that. Yeah, you're uh, not wrong. Because like, if I have a fundamental 
that is already breaking down. It's like my mind, like we've already got something to work on. It's like, okay, well, we're fixing that until that's fixed. There is nothing else. Yeah. The fundamentals are already breaking down right here. We can, uh, we can see the breakage. So now we know what we need to focus on. So let's just, let's just hit it. And, and that's what we'll hit. Uh, but we did also, we went out three times and we practiced different every time we went out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was also, that was nice because it wasn't all just Jeremy berating me for not going faster on <laughs> the whole time. It was just, it was really just that, uh, the middle session, right? Or yeah. And there be- wasn't. There wasn't that much. There really was not that much braiding. There were just a few times where, like, I wanted Jeff to, I wanted Jeff to push, uh, to see that because, because yeah, Jeff still, I still don't think Jeff quite understands, uh, all of all of the purpose of that that type of drill. But yeah, so we started like our first session was was just stage based. Um, he'd pick a stage, I'd pick a stage, he'd pick of just ran. We have random walls set up, right? Then he'd pick a. Uh, an order of how we shoot something we'd do that uh we'd use each run it twice and then i'd pick something and he'd, we'd each run yeah. it twice and then he'd pick something we should have played my modified horse game it's a lot of fun oh yeah we should have yeah we could have what um what was your take jeremy on the stages that i would select uh you you did a little bit better than a lot of other people that I do that. Like, like Brett, I, I've done that with Brett some, and it is sometimes ends up Brett's just like, you just pick it. Cause I could just see, like, I'm sitting there, like I'm sitting there like thinking, okay, like I've come up with three different really cool stages and he's still just like struggling. And it's just like, <laughs> like basically go here, shoot everything you can see, go here, shoot everything you can see. Uh, I'm not trying to pick on Brett, Brett. I love you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> But like, so like you did, you did okay with it. Like some people really struggle with that form of practice. They don't do that very often and they can't do it very quickly. Like it it takes forever. Um, so like, like there was a little bit of that with Jeff in the, in the first session, Mm -hmm. uh, in that, like it wasn't as efficient as it could have been because he wanted, like, he wanted to do a lot of walkthroughs. Like he wanted it, he wanted to really kind of burn it in and get that, get that set in. Um, when I'm typically doing that, like I do like maybe one or two walkthroughs, like maybe like the first, Mm -hmm. the first walkthrough is just figuring out where stuff is. And then the second one is remembering where I decided to shoot everything from. And then it's a couple mental reps where I actually visualize it in my head and see it potato. I know that wouldn't work for you, but, and then I run it like, and that's, that's about all I get. Um, and you should have said you've been doing this a lot longer than Jeff. You should have just said, "Hey, you get one walkthrough," and I'd have been like, "Okay, yeah, hell yeah, let's do this." But also, I didn't want to. I mean, like uh, again, this was first thing in the morning. Like we're trying to get used to shooting around each other. Uh, wh- why fix it doing. then when he can complain about it now? Exactly. exactly. Remember, every experience you have with Jeremy, it's there's at least two interests. <laughs> Look, I could solve this problem now, or I could complain about it later. Look, okay, later. okay, I I very much tried to get jeff this was very much i said this to start the show and i wish i want to pick on it one more time i tried to okay i'll 
I'll run the first session. We'll do it however I want. And then you set up how you would practice something and we can see Dude. how you practice something. Uh, and he's like, <laughs> no, let's just do, let's just practice how you want to. So it was very much like, I feel pretty used at this point. Like he came in, like he used my Ipsic box. He used my chrono. He, I had to use up all my carb cleaner and my WD 40 trying to clean his guns. Uh, I ran out of eggs. I almost ran out of bourbon. Uh, like, all the yeah, money right. on food and yeah, steak right. and pizza, all of that sort of stuff. Like, and then like, he just took all my secrets, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, he came in and mined me for my training secrets and he gave me nothing. Oh, mind. That's a good one. That's like he one. gave, he gave me nothing as far as like his training secrets, something yeah. I could have used to change things up and gotten better from like, no, we'll just take all of Jeremy's stuff. Well, I can uh, describe my training John, method. What you wanted to do? Yeah, I can describe my training method very quickly. Um, but also, <laughs> as far as selecting stages, dude, that is that is extremely uncomfortable for me. Like, I do not set up stages ever, ever, right? And I don't practice with anybody that sets up stages ever. So to show up and you'd be like, oh, look, there's freaking 40 targets out here. Let's, how about you just pick a little stage for us to run? I'm just like... This is not a part of my brain I exercise. So. Do you get lost on menus? If we if we go to like a Greek diner and so they've got the 15-page menu, do you get lost in there? Or no, do you just, just go, I'll get home fries? I just read till I see something familiar, and then I'm like, yep, that one. Do that with stage design. Well, I mean, when you like... When you're standing in front of a field of 40 targets, like nothing looks familiar. It's, there weren't 40. There me? were maybe 10 targets uh, and like what? seven pieces of steel. And this is, I think, stage So 17. Design. Yeah. See, there could have been 100 targets. It felt like 100, Jeremy. That's how <laughs> overwhelmed I was. Stage design and good shooting, like overlap. And there's a really productive place of overlap where good shooters can be the best stage designers but you can be a very good shooter without really thinking about stage design at all you just sort of interpret the world the way it's out there so that makes sense yeah and i mean this is why i honestly try not to be terribly critical of stages i know we have been critical but i know that i would make dog shit stages <laughs> like so bad dude so there is that you can always remember that if I'm shitting on someone's stages, be like, well, Jeff would make dog shit stages. Next, next time you're at Jeremy's house shooting, Jeff, this is what you do. You look at his giant field of thousands of targets. Yeah, it's thousands. And you pick, and you, and you pick a skill. Yeah. And then you organize a mini stage that tests that skill. Like, I want to get in and out of a lean. I want to shoot on the move. I want to do close far transitions. I want to do paper steel paper you know, transitions, right? Like, whatever it is, you're like, hey, there is a skill that's interesting to me. You look at the available targets, and you're like, I'm going to build my stage around the skill. And then yeah. I'm going to put in a distraction, something that prevents me from just doing a drill on the skill before and after the skill I want to test. And that's like any good short course. That's basically what it is. Something that demands your attention a skill that the stage designer is testing, and then like a logical conclusion. Beginning, middle, end. And you don't have to overthink it. That's so I, structured. I think we ended up, I think kind of at the end of that first morning session, it, it kind of ended up just meaning I just kept making up different stages. 
I think I think Jeff kind of really? like, yeah, you, you can just make it. You, I was like, I got another one if you want. Like, I could see him, like, sitting there fumbling, couldn't have anything. He's like, I got another one if you want. Yeah. I did better <laughs> in the evening, though. I did better in the evening. You did, yeah. Our evening session was, was kind of like the morning session, and that was, yeah, that you did better there. Yeah. That was good. I, I was growing. I was growing. He was growing. He's he pushing was growing. past his comfort zone. I, I tried. I tried. Uh, he good. beat me. He beat me on uh, the four round build drill. So anytime I shoot, I shoot with somebody, like I always end like the session with like a one shot draw, like on something, and like like you, you, know, you have three rounds to do it, right? Who who can do the fastest? Who can get a hit on a piece of steel uh, fastest? And one we had, we ended one, and I had four rounds. It's like, well, we're gonna do a build drill, four round build drill, because that's all I have in a magazine, and. Daggum, I laid down, I thought was a pretty salty one. Uh, I don't remember what it was, like 132, I think. It's something yeah, like something that. Like, that. like one, th- 132, yeah. but with like an 87 first shot, I think. All A's. And it was a 17 split and then 13-13 split. Um, so it was pretty pretty salty. I was like, yeah, you ain't going to get this. But, he, well, I, we didn't do the hit factor to determine who won, but... Uh, he did beat me on time. He had one Charlie, but he beat me on time. And his splits were like, like <laughs> 18, 19 and 17 or something like that. But he had like he a, had a 65 draw. Well, it was like a 70, it was like a 74 or something like that on his draw. Uh, your scoop so. came home, man. That's your scoop, right? That you gave yourself this year. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. nice, isn't it? Oh, I was scoop, but that's a scoop draw for me too. Like that's, that's, but. My yeah, but Jeff, draw. but Jeff had a fast traditional draw, and so guys with a fast traditional draw and then mm-hmm. start scooping, they get like a free tenth versus guys who've always scooped. Yeah, hmm. I got a slow draw, so he did get me on that. Even though my mine sounded a lot cooler than his, it his did. was better. It did. His was better like... on the timer. Whoosh, boom! Boom! <laughs> oh man, Team Seventeen splits. I love it, Jeff. You and me, buddy. A seventeen I'm is a good split 17s. for me, dude. What? I said a seventeen's a good split for me. Well, exactly. So it's like when I shoot a sub two four aces, I'm doing that with eighteens, right? Like everything's right. got to yeah. be fast. I'm not yeah. doing yeah. that with the with elevens and twelves. The guys who have eleven and twelves, they get a lot of extra time in the draw and reload. Yeah. We also got to practice a swinger, so that was nice. Got mm, to get mm-hmm. a little time on a swinger. You Usually, just said you can't practice a swinger, so you needed chrono, ipsic box, and a swinger. I know. Dude, this this trip was so productive for me. You have no idea. So I told, I told Jeff whenever he – because I'm a little ashamed to bring people out to my place uh, – and I told Jeff whenever we drove up, I said, Jeff, like, what I'm afraid if people see this place and what I'm pretty sure you're going to walk away from this experience with is that you're going to look at me like, why isn't he better? <laughs> like, like, he has all this set up. Like, why is he just not better? Like, he should be better. This is so convenient for him. It's so easy for him. Uh, and it's just, yeah, yeah like, I'm just, I'm just not very good. So that's okay. Um, at least it's convenient for me. But uh, we we actually had some really good conversation about that as well, about like, it doesn't really matter. Like, 
how convenient your life is, how perfect your your situation is. Like if you have a life and a family, there's still only so many hours in the day. You, you still have to accomplish all the adult things. So eh. also a bunch of us are slow learners. Even if you took away my family and my adult responsibilities, I can learn effectively for maybe 40 minutes a day. Mm. So if you give me more time, I'm not going to get better. I can get 40 minutes better a day max. And they're like, life intervenes and it cuts into my 40 minutes or whatever yeah. it is. Maybe it's an hour and a half. I don't know. But but I have like basically until I get better at learning, that's – yeah. So home range would be nice. It would be convenient. But I don't think – I don't think it's what's holding you back, Jeff. I think it's your unwillingness to, to go unwillingness to, Yes, that and the drive to Canyon every every quarter to train. You can go once a month. I have a feeling he's now that he's seen it, I think I made his experience too pleasant. Um, mm. The only thing going for me is that Kenobi annoyed him a bunch the very first night. <laughs> it's the only thing I got going for me to keep Jeff from coming back. So I'm going to have to get him to train him to not let Jeff sleep at all. Yeah. Yeah, he was better the second night. But that first night, he got me up a few times. He had to check on him. Yeah. Make sure this this dude smells weird. He's from Oklahoma. Give him a couple of good barks just to let him know that he found the stranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he I'm did. familiar. He, he, like, he like swung a door open early in the night and then he like ate his dinner you know two or three in the morning <laughs> yes and then he came and like laid halfway on my feet in case he got up he would know yeah and then he lay on his bed and then i think like five o'clock he was like sitting at the door crying wanting to go out yeah that sounds about right <laughs> i think i let him out that morning yeah i woke up and he was outside so i assumed you let him out yeah, I think I let him out. It's like, get out of here, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, he didn't run off. <laughs> Jeff would have felt yeah, so bad. Yeah, that time you had Jeff over and he lost <laughs> your dog. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Holy Next crap. Time. Katie Katie would have killed him. Uh, but it was fun. I, I do hope we can do it again. I hope uh, Jeff will run a practice session next time so I can learn something from him. I but. will. I really will if you want me to, but it is going to be so incredibly boring for you. It It is the way I practice. You will hate it. You will absolutely hate it. And Maybe you'll not. Be like, you'll be like, what is the point, Jeff? <laughs> like, I don't know how you're able to shoot at all. Like, I don't know. Maybe not. Be really, really good for Jeremy for him it, to spend a whole day training the way you do it. Really, I don't yeah. think he'd enjoy it. But you don't need to enjoy it. Like most of the things we benefit from, we don't enjoy initially. Yeah. You I honestly do it. The part that yeah, the thing that I would not like the most would probably be what's to be the most beneficial. Kind of like you going balls to the wall is what you Rigorous don't like the most. Accountability and discipline. And right. like rules-based shooting all of the time. <laughs> that would be hard. Like yeah. only allowing yourself perfect runs and waiting to get better while not deviating from perfection. Oof, I've tried that. That's a tough way to go. And I don't do that. I don't do that. I always push. But it's it's within a box. You push one it's thing like, at a time. 
yeah, it's like we're we're pushing recoil management. That's what we're pushing. So we're going to push until we can't manage the recoil and then we're going to adjust and we're going to back it off and then we're going to push again and like that's the practice. That's well, that the seems thing interesting. That would have been cool to work on. <laughs> so all it would have taken is you speaking up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, next quarter, I'll come back right. to the resort. Right. And uh, I'd like to line up a little bit of a different itinerary this time, if you don't mind. But okay, we can we can be flexible on that. Okay. I'll send Do you, you have a nearby I'll... water park? Uh, in the summertime, yes, there's a splash pad. Perfect. I'd like to have lunch there. Okay. I don't know if they have lunch. So, right, you can bring, I'll, no, you I'll can bring you, a picnic lunch. You go to the splash pad. I'll go get lunch for you, buddy. Don't you worry. Perfect. Perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll get that taken care of. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, let's give a shout out. We don't have any shout outs from our Discord group. They've they've been quiet the last last couple of weeks. I guess they don't have any shit uh, to talk on anybody. I have been busy at Shooters Connection though, so you should shout them out. Yes, they shout should out know Shooters me by Connection. now. Nineteen <laughs> uh, Elevens, they'll be fun. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of the whole ploy here. We, you know, we pitch Nineteen Elevens. Oh, well, you know what? Shooters Connection happens to have a lot of Nineteen Eleven parts. Um, so go check them out. I actually placed an order this morning because I broke my rear sight when I was shooting with Jeremy this last weekend. So. How many rear sights did you go ahead and order, Jeff? Uh, I also ordered some uh, <laughs> case lube. I ordered one, right? I ordered one rear sight. So something that breaks and... <laughs> and you're like, you... I want to have one of these on hand so that I can wait four days the next time I need one. That makes sense. <laughs> Exactly. Just exactly. I also ordered. I break, man. I order three. It's just automatic. It's like a reflex. It's like, oh, I broke that. Let me have three of them. Bro, that's like the difference between seventy bucks and like two hundred and ten bucks. That's it is. That's so much more money. It really is. But you're going to spend it. It's just whether you spend it right now and don't have to stress next time you need it or whether you spend it with shipping three times. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Obviously, you're not wrong. Also, my gun parts are cheaper. It's still hard for me to swallow. But I ordered that this morning and I got the shipping notification before the end of the day. So thank you, Shooters Connection, for hooking me up with that. No doubt I'll have it this week. And we'll be out in the shop and Jeremy will be on the phone and he'll be trying to talk me through not completely screwing up that rear sight. Getting it also, why would you buy two just in case you screw up the install on the first one? <sighs> That's a great question as well. I have a backup gun, so we could do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ordered case lube as well because I've just been using oil. Just, just rim oil on the cases. What? What? <laughs> How do your guns work? <laughs> well, they don't. They choke to death when you shoot more than a couple hundred rounds. But yes, that makes sense. And this is why, okay, this is why he. I got a question. So I had a buddy. Oh, my gosh. We're an hour and a half in. I can't believe this. And now Jeff lands this. So 
uh, I had a buddy who had a whole bunch of primers and um, Jeff doesn't, again, kind of like buying sites. He doesn't buy primers until he's out of them. And so I was like, okay, I can get you, I got him 10,000 primers, I think at the beginning of the year, something 10 or 15, something like that. And I get a text a couple of months ago, like, Hey, you have any problems with these primers? And I'm like, I haven't had any problems, I, but I'm not sure if I've shot them yet. So I went ahead and go shoot, shoot a couple thousand. No problems. They work just fine. They're Winchesters. They're good. They're, you know, pretty good primers. I bet they don't work if you put oil on them. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, well, yeah, I'm getting some weird, like sometimes like the load doesn't go off or like sometimes like it kind of only partially ignites and like, it's kind of weird. I was like, dude, I, that sounds, sounds weird. I was like, are you doing anything? He's like, well, I don't know. Maybe I put, maybe this weird stuff I'm putting on my cases is, is causing problems. Like, and I didn't know it was rim oil. He said something no, about silicone. It, yeah. It wasn't he didn't tell me it was oil. like spraying rim oil on it. No, it hasn't failed since I've been doing the rim oil. It was the uh, that silicone spray that people spray their mags with, you know, so they'll slide out of the gun. Why would you put that on your cases? So they'll slide <laughs> inside the die. Yeah, it works. Je- it Jeff. just Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey, buddy, like reloading isn't. It's not science. You're not out there <laughs> making new discoveries. Everything oh, you could possibly are. do correctly is really, really well established. All you got to do is 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 do the thing that everybody else does, and it works out fine. Well, sometimes you're when out you of that When you try and work smarter reloading, man, it's, it doesn't work. I'm sad that this part is, is an hour and a half in and that most people aren't going to hear about Jeff using silicone to lube his cases to resize them. Before he started using oil. Before he started using oil too. Yes. Which does yeah. is a great way to deactivate primers in case anybody <laughs> didn't know that. Is if you soak them in oil, you'll actually deactivate the primer, but Yeah, if you no. if you want to test your malfunction clearing skills, uh spray them with oil. It's a good idea. It'll work. I hey, I spritz them, okay? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I, it's I, just a sprint. It's, it's just a touch. It's a, it's a light nice experience on the brass bin. Just a light spritz on the top. You're good to go. Good oh, get this. Not, this not, is not, another. I'm not saying you have to use a commercial product, but there are commercial products that are spray case lube. If you buy one can of it, it's good for about 15,000 cases. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's 12 I got some, bucks. I got some of those coming now from Shooter's Connection. Thank you. There you go. Okay, so here's the here's the other thing that happened. Like we're like like a hundred rounds into the practice session. Jeff gets he finishes the stage, like he's shooting the swinger last. He wants to shoot it three times. He shot it twice, but his gun jammed. Okay, what does he do? He immediately freaking clears the thing, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, well, I was I was making sure that I like practice my clearance drills. Like, dude, we could. <laughs> We could stop and we could see why it jammed and then we could just make sure the gun doesn't freaking ever jam again in the future for that problem. But we can't do that now because like, what was it like? And so I asked him like, how was it jammed? I don't know. It just didn't go. So I racked it. It's like, okay, well that's, that's real effective. We can. Was it ammo? Was it mag? Was it the gun? Was it the spring? Who knows? Just, just pick, just fix them all. Right. We'll just fix all of those things. I finished that stage though finished it no you didn't actually shoot another round after that he, oh he just fixed it but he didn't continue that's he right just, like, i cleared like, it and then like 
unloaded, yes. so cleared, and put it away. Yes, yes. I, I think Worst I cleared forms. it, and then I aimed at the target, and I didn't shoot. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That was a good stage for me. <laughs> Raw time champ. This, this is training. This is training. This is when Jeff comes to the spa, the lodge and shooting spa. This is the experience that you get. Yeah. Uh, the tip was not good enough is all I can say. The tip was not big enough. The tip should have been bigger. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one where you left it. <laughs> all right. Well, boys, thank you guys and girls. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, Please like, comment, subscribe, all that gorgeous, all that sort of stuff. And uh, join the Discord. That would be great. And keep an eye out for that video. We're still hoping that the audio guy's coming through soon. It's all We're all just waiting on audio, finalizing it, and then it's coming out. So hopefully that's coming soon. And, yeah, uh, really, really wanting to drop it before Ipsic. We'll see. We'll see if it happens, but that's what we're wanting. Really wanting to drop in the next couple weeks before Ipsic Nationals. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Adios.